Hello, everybody, and especially welcome to to you, Henrik, and also to you, Jonathan. Thanks for for joining this podcast. Thank you very much. Great to be on. Thank you. All right. So this is uh, another podcast in in our series uh, where we cover anything under the sun, almost, uh, but uh, as long as it's uh, connected to to cloud. Um, so this time we're going to be talking about. Uh, well, in a way, global applications and, and how you can host them in the cloud, but especially CargoWise. Um, so yeah, Car CargoWise is a fairly well-known application um, to, to many people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Henrik, I mean, do you mind putting some words on that? I mean, from an industry perspective, I mean, what is CargoWise and how well used is it? Yeah, so I think, uh, I mean, I think it's... Uh, um... Cargowise is really becoming uh, quite dominant in the uh, global uh, uh, freight forwarding industry and the global logistics industry. And, and Cargowise has evolved over the last uh, many, many years, uh, 30 plus years. Um, and I think in particular, the last, um, probably the last uh, five to 10 years, uh, at least what we've seen, obviously, is that more and more of the freight forwarders, uh, even at scale, uh, global network forwarders, uh, who uh, many of them had their own sort of home-built uh, legacy systems, have uh, you know gone through the process of trying to select the the new uh, transport management uh, system uh, platform, and and many of them uh, has has chosen CargoWise. So I think CargoWise is just becoming very dominant in the industry, and I think. At the same time, the industry, obviously, since uh, COVID broke out uh, a bit more than two years ago, um, has has really been focused on one uh, getting a uh, a global platform uh, in in the, the sense of cargo wise, but uh, on the same time also have have been very aware that the global freight forwarding industry in general has been lacking behind a lot of other industries including you know most of their customers in terms of their you know their their uh, system capabilities so i think um, cargowise now is 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 um, is is becoming dominant and 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 on the same time forwarders are trying to become more digitalized and are really looking at a digital transformation um, and and looking at uh, how to actually build that around their uh, existing um uh, applications and how to to uh, use CargoWise as as the platform to to actually move ahead and and become yeah more more agile in the way that to do business with their uh, with their customers. Okay, great, thank you. Um, so, Jonathan, just a, a few words from you as well, maybe. You you've also been involved a little bit CargoWise, so just a slightly different perspective, maybe. But it would be great to uh, to hear from you as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, when I joined CloudX, um, all the talk seemed to be about CargoWise, and I guess because we were helping helping this customer uh, move their whole on-premise model to a a cloud setup. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it was uh, an unknown thing. Uh, but it, I, I mean, and I realized that it's a a piece of software that's used by pretty much all the the top global freight forwarders, um, and of course, not all of them have moved to the cloud yet. And what's interesting to me is why why is there a need to to move to the cloud instead of instead of having it in house? 
Yeah, no, exactly. And yeah, it's super interesting to see, right? I mean, how CargoWise, well, they've been around for a long time, right? But I mean, now they're a fairly large company, right? And and listed on the, I think, Australian Stock Exchange, et cetera, too, right? And and, and I guess that's also with transportation overall, right? I mean, for, for many people outside of the industry, they don't realize how, how large the industry is, right? And, and I think similar to what you're saying with CargoWise, right? I mean, unless you know it, I mean, it is amazing to see the, the numbers. I mean, just uh, on, on, you know, the share number of shipments going around in the world, right? And people are relying on it every single day and they don't, they don't feel it's a, it's a problem if everything is working. But uh, obviously now also after COVID, et cetera, right? And you have congestion with, um, with boats in various ports. I mean, Long Beach before, now Shanghai. And then there was this boat stuck in the Suez Canal, et cetera. Then, then people hear about it, right? And it's similar like CargoWise, right? I mean, if you don't know, it's just there in the background. But yeah, like you said, I mean, many, many uh, of the global and top forwarders and, and also logistics companies and others are, are using CargoWise. So, uh, so no, I, I think it's interesting for sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe we should tee up, right? I mean, uh, we should talk about, I mean, how this is related to CloudX and, and, and cloud as well, right? Um, and uh, yeah, Henrik, any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think uh, I mean we we, uh, we both uh, come from the industry, right, Nicholas? And I think uh, fair to say that um, the industry is going through a transformation right now. Uh, really, I would call it you know exacerbated in one way because of all the constraints in terms of yeah port congestion on the shipping side and and lack of uh, capacity on on the air freight side and and so on and so forth. So I think I think. Uh, I, I would just uh, dare to say that finally the industry is actually coming out of the, you know, uh, not the doldrums, but rather really looking forward to say what, what technology is available out there. So on one hand, obviously a, a very um, solid uh, and proven core uh, TMS uh, platform, i.e. like CargoWise, is one way uh, to 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 secure your, let's say, your way forward uh, to manage your network and your operations uh, globally. And then the next step is, of course, also to open uh, our customers' eyes to to understanding truly what the value of, of moving to the cloud in, in an orchestrated way and, and, and what are the benefits of moving to the cloud. In this case, one, uh, CargoWise in the cloud, and then what else can you do now to start putting the, let's say, the fine touch on how you want to present yourself <clears throat> uh, to the customer, uh, meaning the forwarders' customers, in terms of the other solutions that you built, the other applications that you built around your core operating system. And in this case, you know, a lot of forwarders that, that we, we, we've seen uh, are really looking at, you know, a, a digital platform in, in terms of how they engage uh, with their customers and how they make it um, easier for the customer to do business with them. And, and how they, one big thing for me, two things, one, how can they take cost out of the way they operate using, in this case, CargoWise, and then building other solutions, whether it be a quotation platform or whether it be a quotation and, and book platform, and how you then really integrate all the different applications to to really uh, make a more seamless uh, uh, touch to the way the customer uh, has the experience with, with, with the forwarder and doing business with the forwarder. And I think the second thing is, of course, how do you take advantage, which is, of course, now even becoming a almost a buzzword. How do you take advantage in having 
a single platform with uh, with, with a very solid uh, foundation? How do you take advantage of all the data that you have? So that that's clearly one of the things that that we've been obviously seeing and talking to customers about. You know, with the um, with the different options that they have in the cloud, how, how can we help and facilitate in building solutions with customers to better uh, make use of their data um, that they have been able to in the past? Yeah, no, and, and especially about building this platform, right? I, I think that's one of our recommendations that you know people need to look into what is their I should say future platform because most people uh, don't have it today, right? I mean, what does it consist of? Um, and, you know, how do you become more digital and how can that platform satisfy those uh, needs and requirements, right? Um, and yeah, obviously, since you're talking about CargoWise, right? I mean, that will be a part of the platform. And, and for some people, maybe it's the majority of the platform, but it's not 100%. So it could be 30%, it could be 50, it could be 80, right? But then, also, of course, the interesting question is, what else is there in that platform? But I think that's a, that's a topic for another day, because that's something we could spend a couple hours on easily as well, right? Sure. Um, so, so again, I mean, back to the platform, and then it's more, how do you, where do you, when you create this platform, um, you know, the, if you look at it from, from, a, from a higher perspective, where should it live, et cetera, right? And that's also where we, we for us, it has to be in the cloud. Um, I mean, there's so many obvious benefits with the cloud um, and, you know, it's a long list. You can, shouldn't go through them here, right? But basically, how do you develop and how do you maintain and how do you run applications and workloads in the cloud? Yes, you can do it other places too. You can do it in a co-located uh, data center. You can do it uh, on-premise yourself, et cetera. But at the end of the day, it's just more difficult and more expensive than in the cloud. So for us, cloud is just an enormous toolbox um, of where you can pick tools to, to do these things. And uh, for CargoWise and uh, any other global applications, uh, it's, a, it's a really good fit. And uh, yeah, especially for global applications, I think we should touch on that as well. I mean, uh, well, of course, depending on the audience, right? But, but Henrik, maybe you can just have a put a few words on that. I mean, when we talk about CargoWise and serving up CargoWise to end users, I mean, where do they sit? Of course, it, it differs from company to company, right? Um, but, you know, what I'm getting at, transportation is a global business, right? Um, and even for smaller companies. So I think that's where the, where the key challenge is that, you know, when you have a global application like CargoWise, it, it needs to serve end users um, in, in many cases all over the world. Yeah, I think that even if you look at, um, and, and, and pardon me for saying, I hope nobody's going to get offended out there, but even if you look at a, a small, smaller network forwarder, uh, a traditionally maybe family-owned company from some part of Europe or some part of the US or maybe some part of Asia or Latin America, doesn't matter, um, but, but still a, a smaller uh, forwarder is still a network operator. On one hand, they might have, you know, uh, offices in two or three continents. Uh, they might have 30 or 40 offices, but then they also have a, an agency network uh, with, with, with hundreds of other locations. And I think, I think the key is that whether you are a small to small mid-sized forwarder or whether you are a mid-sized forwarder and you can then scale it up, you still have to have some type of global coverage. And whether you have it with your own offices or whether you have it through 
a combination of being where you want to be and then having a, a network of, of uh, integrated uh, partners slash agents. I think when you look at scaling up where you have to be able to service customers at a fairly global scale, I think the cloud, again, to me, is, is, is where you need to be because you need to be able to communicate with them. You need to be able to transfer information and, and all sorts of, of uh, you know, files and so on to, to make it uh, seamless still to the end customer, their customer. And I think when you try to do that uh, w with your own uh, data centers or you might outsource it to, uh, you know, an infrastructure as a service, um, you know, I think, I think to me, again, it, it's, uh, it's a little bit uh, a question of saying that you need to get out of the doldrums and you need to really understand truly what the scale is in the cloud and, and, and like you said, what the toolbox is that may, that's available to you. And I think, again, just getting back to CargoWise, right? obviously they have tens and tens of thousands of customers. And and I think even if you look at, uh, let's say, you know, call them local heroes or, or, or companies who are primarily in, in the home region or in, in a cluster of countries, whether in Europe or in Asia or in, in parts of the Americas, um, you know, being in the cloud and being able to actually, on the backbone of a, of a core platform like CargoWise, being able to, to make more seamless solutions uh, in terms of how they do the service delivery to their end customers and how they, you know, have the, let's say, the ease of doing business with them. I think, again, I believe that that this, this is the way forward and it's accelerating and we see it, right? Everybody is sort of trying to race towards the next finish line when potentially the market will upright itself a little bit, both on the ocean side and on the, on the, um, on the air freight side uh, of the industry. They need to be ready to actually compete in, in maybe a potentially new, you know, uh, landscape. And, and I think there, the accelerator and, and the opportunities are in the cloud, not uh, in try in terms of trying to do things on your own with uh, own data centers or even, you know, doing some outsourcing to an IAS model. Um, and I think that uh, to me is where the industry is right now. They need to propel forward and they need to follow their customers which is not easy when you talk about the automotive industry or you talk about the pharma industry or, or even other parts of, of, of different uh, verticals, you know, they, they need to, they need to use the latest and, and, and the best available technology to get to, to the point where they are still relevant in, in terms of how they service the customers. Right. I, I can add a few details on a technical concept as well, um, or from a technical perspective, I should say. So, so well, I think you've been saying this uh, too, Henrik, right? I mean, at CargoWise, of course, they have their own SaaS solution, right? But that's normally geared towards smaller customers, right? I mean, for what we see is that if you're, if you're mid-sized or if you're larger, then you to tend to host to have your own version of CargoWise, so to speak, that then people traditionally host in their own data centers or, like I said, in a co-located facility. Um, but then, like I was commenting on before, right, that's the challenge, right? I mean, so let's say you have that data center in, I mean, it's not multiple places normally, right? I mean, it could be in Europe somewhere, maybe in Germany or, you know, it's sitting in the U.S. on the West Coast, East Coast, doesn't matter. You will then need to host CargoWise there and you will need to serve up that application to users, of course, in the same country, uh, but for, for many forwarders all over the world. And that's not trivial. Um, of course, if you have 
use this fictive example, right, of, uh, of a data center in Germany. Then you have South America users, you have North America users, you have Asia, maybe Africa, Australia, etc. too. So if you look at how internet is constructed all over the world, right? I mean, serving up to, let's say, to New York or the East Coast, yeah, that's fine. End users won't see a difference, no matter how you do it. Or not a big difference, at least. But then you come to South America, you come to various places in Asia, etc., especially not tier one cities, etc. It it's starting to slow down, and you know, it doesn't make a huge difference, you could say. But for for operators that are sitting with this every day, right? There's a small delay, um, and people are used to this instant response. Of course, driven by when people are using their iPhones or you know their home computers, etc. The consumer services are very fast right and, and yeah. if, if the facebook's and then the googles of the world they spend millions or billions of dollars on making these applications quick right so so our point is that you know if you have a business application again like cargo wise if you have operators sitting in you know let's say in in cebu or surabaya or some other places uh you know it, it shouldn't be slower no and um yeah i think now we're maybe jumping the gun a little bit right but we, we've seen that when we develop CargoWise hosted solution in the cloud, it is definitely faster. And we've done apples to apples comparisons as well, right? Where we can see that, you know, there are tremendous improvements. Yeah, and I think, I think uh, I hope I'm getting this right. I mean, uh, a couple of years ago, I was watching um, AWS um, um, conference. Uh, I believe Andy Jassy was saying, trying to, Trying to fight or resist the cloud is almost like trying to fight gravity, right? And and of right, course, you right. could argue that okay, uh, you know, fancy talking and so on, but but I don't believe so. I, I believe in what he said because, and I think this is one of my big things, as you know, Nicholas, right? I mean, we've both been we've both been in the industry for a very long time, uh, and uh, and I do think that when I talk about you know when when your customers are ahead of you uh, in terms of a forwarder. The customer that you serve, uh, and I can, you know, use maybe one of the good examples like the automotive industry, is extremely demanding, and and it's probably the most complex uh, supply chain that that is out there in terms of you know thousands and thousands of vendors, you know, having to orchestrate uh, into a point of manufacturing and so on and so forth, and and if you as a forwarder are not actually uh, let's say, open enough at least to explore what's out there. And it's one of these things that we talked about for the last several years, right? I mean, we just asked the customers to give us 45 minutes of their time. And, and if they have a good feel that there might be something that we can actually help them with, then, you know, all they spent was 45 minutes, right? There was no bills, no fees, no nothing. Um, but my point is that, you know, the following industry has just been so far behind their customers. And this has been going on for a very long time, at least 20 plus years. And and now most um, have uh, realized that they need to catch up. But some still are, you know, still, you know, loving their, own infrastructure and so on. There's nothing wrong with that, but but it doesn't mean that you can't create some type of hybrid. And and getting back to 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 the, one of the core topics in terms of cargo wise, we I think also can talk a little bit about a user uh, uh, story that we have uh, being the first that actually delivered a, a client specific solution in actually proving that uh, that cargo wise actually can perform 
uh, better uh, in, in a cloud environment than uh, hosting it in their own data centers. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and well, this one is a circle back on what, what you talked about before, right? I mean, also with uh, with Andy Jassy, et cetera. Obviously, now he's the he's not uh, involved in AWS anymore. So he's yeah. CEO of, of Amazon. Um, but yeah, I mean, he had some some great quotes and some great sayings. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's well, what people many people don't realize, right? I mean, it's also how advanced the cloud is. I mean, after all, AWS they've been in business for more than fifteen years already, right? Um, and, um, you know, if, if you look at this again with the hosting, right, and you just look at the networks. So people don't realize this, that, you know, Amazon, they have built their own internal networks um, that, you know, people can leverage. So we're talking cables under the sea, right? And going between the different continents, et cetera. And uh, that's great, of course, if you want to have a global application, right? Because how can a company, uh, a freight forwarder, compete building their own network and compete with Amazon? It's not a fair fight, right? And then on the other hand, why should they? You know, if, if and of course, not only Amazon, right? I mean, there's also Google and Microsoft, Azure, et cetera. They have similar networks, right? But so you have this highly optimized network of their own cables. And then, you know, as a freight forwarder, many, and not only, of course, outside the industry too, that they, they decide to go with VPNs or they do, you know, MPLS-backed networks or something from telecom providers. And of course it's slower. It's not a, it's not a fair fight. But I think it's funny because people, people don't realize this, but that's also our jobs, right? I mean, to, to evangelize and tell people that these services are available and that it is a no-brainer to use them. Because then, as you say, then they can focus on serving their customers. Why should they, you know, worry about setting up these environments and managing and running them when they have, when we have great cloud providers and also companies like CloudX that can support you in that journey. Yeah. So I think that's what we want to take away some of the heavy lifting so people can really focus on what's important to them, right? Yeah. Uh, and of course, create value towards their, uh, their end customers. Agree, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, but maybe a little bit uh, on, on this, uh, well, maybe just a teaser. I think that's maybe a podcast for another day on, on that specific customer, right? Uh, but I think let's go into some details on what we have done for this customer and also a little bit about the, the results. Um, so let me, I mean, I can just tee it off, right? I mean, well, when we got involved in this, um, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But we haven't seen of, of CargoWise being hosted in the cloud, period. It might be some people out there that have done it on the, themselves. Like I said, CargoWise, they have their own SaaS solution, their own cloud solution. That's not what I'm talking about primarily for, right. let's yeah. call it smaller customers. Yeah. But we haven't seen or heard of anybody that has done a CargoWise hosted solution in, in the cloud themselves. Um, so we, we challenged one of our customers as they selected CargoWise um, and said, why, um, why are you doing that on-premise um, in, in your two data centers? And uh, yeah, similar to the discussion we just had, right? It's like, okay, but nobody has done it in the cloud and why should we do in the cloud and different things? And after a lot of discussions, we said, okay, fine, we will prove it to you and we will run a proof of concept and we will then compare the two different solutions, right? So we will actually do it on-premise using your data centers and we'll set up a similar environment or multiple environments actually in the cloud. And we will compare the performance to end users 
sitting in Australia, sitting in Asia, sitting in Americas, etc. And then it's an apples to apples comparison. So that that's was right. uh, that was the challenge, right? And that's uh, we we agreed, uh, they agreed to do that with us. And uh, yeah, I mean. Well, I think now we've been talking about this for 25 minutes almost, right? And I think yeah. that people can see where this is leading to. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the results are, are are very good. I mean, and it's it's not a, it's not a fair fight. I mean, the, the cloud is better in all areas. It is faster. There's um, less um, performance issues. There are less packet drops, as, as you call it, from a, from a technical level when you transport data or a screen. From A to B, there's always some traffic or some packets that are being lost. Um, and uh, yeah, even though that's technical, it translates into what the operators can see on, on a daily basis. Maybe I can also ask you a question, uh, Nicholas, in, in terms of uh, cloud and, and let's say specifically, not only uh, cargo-wise, but when we talk about like uh, disaster recovery, uh, I mean, you know, on-prem uh, doesn't mean people have to give it up, but uh, I think we, we talk a lot to customers about that. They talk to us about that because obviously a, a lot of companies in the industry, and I'm talking about the transportation industry, have been going through some very un unpleasant uh, experiences in terms of cyber attacks and so on. But in terms of uh, disaster recovery, when you talk about cloud, I mean, they're, they're, I believe that we clearly have, have some some opinions about that as well, no? No, for sure. Well, we have opinions on many things, uh, or maybe even most things. Uh, but no, I mean, disaster recovery... We're Scandinavian, so that's why. Yeah, exactly. No, disaster recovery, I think, is a great use case as well, and something that many people are struggling with. Um, I've also been part of those uh, conversations before in, in previous jobs, and you know traditionally senior management or the board they're of course looking at the risk and and even more so today i mean because we've seen countless of companies also well outside the industry but also within the industry right they think they're well protected um but it only takes one hole and that's when people get in and then you're in trouble right and people have mm -hmm. been down websites internal systems for hours days even weeks right and obviously not an acceptable situation yeah um, and, and yeah, that's back to the, the toolbox again, right? I mean, you can build disaster recovery solutions yourself and other places um, on-premise or co-located again, but it, it is painful and expensive. Um, and, you know, if you have a data center, if you want to replicate that and have a disaster recovery for most of those applications somewhere else, you know, it's maybe not double the investment, but pretty close. And, you know, for some people, that's millions of dollars. Yeah. And it's just sitting idle in case right and when disaster strikes and i think disaster should be defined as an event that maybe happens once a decade obviously not something mm -hmm. that's happening every year or every month and something is really wrong um so yeah what do you what do you do right and, and that's what most people are or many people are struggling with and yeah i mean within the cloud i mean obviously that's a longer explanation um but you know you can scale up as you go so that means you can do very light resources um, that are sitting idle. And in the cloud, when they're sitting idle um, uh, or being dormant, you don't pay for them. So yeah. your monthly bill is very, very low. And then uh, you can scale up very, very quickly. Um, and this process can be automated too. So if disaster strikes, somebody can hit the button and 
this environment spins up, it's being created automatically. We're talking networks, we're talking servers, we're talking diff databases, different environments are being spun up. Um, essentially works like a macro in Excel, uh, right? So you, you record some things and then you can play it back again. And then you, you apply uh, latest backup, you apply some data and then, then you're up and running. Yeah. And that's, uh, I think that's what people have kind of forgotten a little bit about, right? Uh, because, I mean, they spend so many resources on trying to protect themselves, but um, they don't ask, they don't necessarily ask the question, okay, that's fine, but let's assume that we will be down. What do we do then? How quickly can we come back up? Yes. I think that discussion is, is missing. Correct. All right. Um, just to, to kind of round us off, because I think we've... Uh... We've already gone a bit over time. I think so. Um, so I'm just left wondering if, say, I was a, a global freight forwarder, why should I choose CloudX and not uh, some other cloud company? Yeah, that's a, obviously a very good question. Um, so, Henrik, do you want to start and then I can... Well, I think I think uh, the, the most, um, you know, uh, I think the, the, one of the, the big uh, points from my side would be that both... Well, not only you, uh, Nicholas, and I, and 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 but many many members on on, on our team in CloudX actually come from a background in in, in the uh, global forwarding industry and the global transportation industry, and uh, you know some comes from the technology side. I, I in particular come from the business side, having been part of some very large companies, uh, mid-sized and large companies uh, on on the business side. So I think I think. Uh, CloudX, like we call ourselves, is a, has a little bit more of a boutique feel to it, uh, and, and, and we're very engaged and, and hands-on uh, with a uh, deep industry knowledge in all facets, uh, both uh, from the technology side, uh, the operation side, into the processes, and, and so on and so forth. So I think that we understand the language and the challenges that our customers, uh, CloudX customers have. And I think that uh, I think that uh, in in combination with the way that we're set up as CloudX, and also of course our our parent company as part of the group of, of System Plus Group, uh, that we we have the access to to the best of talents, um, and and we are able to bring in the right uh, type of people, the right teams, scale up and and scale back down when we need to. So that would be uh, my two pence on that one. Yeah, I just want to echo that as well, right? I mean, it's not that we don't that we not only understand the language. I mean, we speak the same language, right? As customers, yeah. um, even though we're a cloud or technology company, right? I mean, we we start in the business, we start in the strategy, yeah. and we, you know, it's not that we again only try to understand it. Uh, we challenge people as well based on our experience uh, and based on what we've seen before, right? Um, and then we apply technical tools to that. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think you touched on it too, right? I mean, uh, I think uh, we and, you know, the, the entire team, actually, we had the battle scars to prove this as well. Yeah. I mean, we have done so many things in, in the span of our careers, right? And, and we also failed many times. And, you know, and, and I talk about failure as a good thing. Sometimes you have to fail in order to learn, right? Um, so, so we certainly have some good battle scars. Um, so we know what works and we know what, what doesn't work. Etc. So I would say those are the two things for me. Yep. Great. So yeah, I think that was the idea, right? To keep uh, keep it around thirty minutes, um, and um, 
then uh, yeah, I guess we can keep on talking for hours, maybe days even, right? But let's uh, let's save the rest for uh, for the next episode. Let's do that. So uh, yeah, Jonathan, Henrik, thank you so much for joining this podcast, and uh, looking forward to the next one. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, thank you guys. Bye bye.